Hello. Welcome to Psychopath in Your Life. I'm your host, Diane Emerson. I'm the author of the book, Psychopaths in Your Life, My Interviews, which is available on Amazon and iBooks and different platforms. Anyway, this is, I'm kind of recording these back to back because of a um, a scheduling issue that has come up with Daniel and the guy does everything he can to support me. So I feel like I need to just muster along and get these recorded all in a row. So anyway, today we're going to continue part three, which is episode 57 of Projective Identification. So I'll continue on here. And all outside parties around us serve to back this up. Thanks to the web of deceit he had created to keep the abuse secret. It was me, me, me. They saw my life falling apart. Me, unable to succeed at the simplest of things at the time, but they did not see the angel-faced psychopath wrecking the havoc that was creating that effect. Throughout the entire experience with the psychopath, his mother played a major role in manipulating my perceptions in tandem with the psychopath. Until I spoke with my friend in the other state, I had no other perspective. I now know that abusers do this. It's how they mask what they are really doing behind the scenes, allowing them to get away with the the abuse by discrediting in advance via appearances, anything their victims might say in protest or do in seeking help from the outside. The impenetrable wall of enforced secrecy. Psychopaths are complete pros at it. But the experience of having lived through it was so completely horrific. I was compelled into a self-protective denial to safeguard my sanity. He came back before I had ever fully, even fully mentally or emotionally healed. While my sense of self and my self-esteem were still battered, my longing for the pain of the loss of myself and outright rejection of my humanity to be alleviated made what he offered was a relief. In other words, not looking within herself kind of made him coming back a relief because looking back is, as we all know, extremely painful. So I'll continue on here. My perspective would suddenly change entirely. Looking back, I can say that resuming the relationship always felt like a major accomplishment, like my love and efforts had not been in vain, that we had made it through the rough part and the future was ahead. He would keep his promises and we would grow stronger from having been through so much. We would build that life together and have that happy ending, and I could enforce my own denial of the experience of his abuse, shed the shame of having been the cause of that torture through my own defectiveness and the humiliation of my own helpless reactions to the torture through his acceptance of me. I believed in him again and wholeheartedly. I moved in, unpacked, started my job search, and within two weeks had landed a job with a major company. The environment was empowering. The more my my independence, contentment, and success began to show, the more insecure the psychopath got. The undermining started to happen again, although I didn't recognize it for what it was at the time. 
the game plane kicked in. The psychopath started flirting with women, staying out later at night, spending more time with his own friends instead of on mutual activities. And because I was now able to do the same, he began to escalate his behavior. I guess in an attempt to control what he perceived to be his dwindling control over me. He hooked up with some really seedy people to hang around. In particular, a woman who is a bookkeeper for his boss. She was also embezzling funds. And he would talk about her to me endlessly. He later said he was trying to make me jealous. He pushed it all too far one night. After weeks and weeks of ambient abuse, let me know how he was spending the evening with her and some other sorts of interferences. He had ignored my repeated requests that he discontinued talking about her all the time and spending most of his time with her. And I guess my anger had been building up. I had been trying to be an adult about that childishness without realizing the effect that disrespect was having on my well-being. I was considering that it was time to put an end to the relationship. And unfortunately, before I could do that, I just lost it finally and reacted the night he spent with her alone. I went out with a male friend from work, and I did not return home until the next morning. I am not proud of my reaction. It was not characteristic of me at all, but I understand how it happened. He was still asleep when I came in. I woke him up, and I told him where I had been. He was enraged, livid, scary. I asked if there was any hope of us going to counseling in order to work through this. He screamed at me went downstairs and grabbed a knife, pulled out one of my paintings off the wall, and he slashed the painting into ribbons, then turned to me and told me to get out. I moved out. I attempted for several weeks to see if he was willing to work through things. I felt extremely guilty and ashamed of my behavior. It was perfect. I was the bad guy, so his emotional manipulations and game playing leading up to the incident never had to come into question. He refused to speak to me for over a month, and I finally gave up. I started to date. I got a massive promotion at work and was capitulated into a high-profile, highly paid, and very prestigious position. All of a sudden, I found myself on a fast track up, and it only kept getting better and better. I had begun building the life that I wanted for myself, no longer considering the psychopath in any of my choices. He started to call. He'd seen me around town. He knew what was going on in my career. He also knew I'd been dating. He told me he wanted to work things out, and I think I agreed to meet with him to talk at some point. Before that could even happen, he let himself into my apartment with his key. I'd forgotten he even had a key to my apartment. He did it early on a Saturday morning when my then-boyfriend of four months had spent the night with me. The psychopath raged at me, making a big scene, scaring the heck out of me. I got my key back and got him to leave, and I realized that I no longer wanted to ever work things out with the psychopath anymore. That was also the end of the relationship with my current boyfriend. Within this several months away from the psychopath, I had begun to reframe my entire experience with him, up to that point, including the abuse of the first year together 
and I had acknowledged that the abuse had been very real, the, and the extent of it had been severe. I was horrified that I had been treated that way by him, and I had accepted that it had not been my fault. I had not caused my abuse at his hands. He was to blame for that. I wanted to put it in him behind me. I remember at a point of clarity telling him that had realized when he was actively abusing me that all of the projections, everything he had been accusing me of, he had been doing to me, and that I could not ever go through that kind of horror again. I don't remember how he explained that one. I agreed to remain friends with him, although most of my focus was completely on my career now. I would see him from time to time, but declined most invitations. Within that year and a half apart, he had begun to lose weight. He grew very depressed, even shaved his head. He begged me to give our relationship another chance. He loved me and missed me. He started to pursue me relentlessly, attempting to get me to agree to things like staying monogamous to him and recommitting. I had thought I had made it clear that I didn't want to be with him, and the more I said no, the more relentless he became. I felt guilty and unable to handle the situation. Cutting back on contact resulted in his kicking up the effort. He continued attempting to wear down my resolve as I continued to handle it all very poorly. It did not occur to me that I completely that I could completely cut him off by going no contact. And we still bumped into each other around town or sometimes at events because of mutual friends. I started dating again and he would call and check up on me often and would get angry if he caught me in quotes with a date. This should have been a red flag because it indicated he was not viewing me as a separate person with the rights to live my life as I chose, but rather as his object. I was still his until he decided to discard me like useless trash. He seemed to believe he had the right to expect monogamy and commitment from me, even though I was no longer with him simply because he wanted me back. He viewed the dating I did at this time as having cheated on him. I was to discover this years later. But he was so persistent that my resolve broke down. I started to think, wow, he really must have loved me all along to go through all of this, and maybe I did make a mistake, and I'm not being fair. I started to believe people really could change. So by the sixth month of being out, I agreed to consider taking him back and working things out if he would agree to a year of therapy and to cut down on his drinking. He actually did both things. He also became very charming and supportive once again, this time because he had been on good behavior for such a long period of time after this year and a half, and I was now truly enjoying his company, and we'd had a lot of good times together, on my dime, of course. I believed him when he said his behavior in the past had just been immaturity and that he loved me and would never treat me that way ever again, that he had grown up and he knew he wanted a future with me. I believed I was strong enough to never accept abuse again, a very damaging concept that had been fed to me by his mother, 
She adopted damaging because it promoted the belief still that I was somehow responsible for his manipulation and abuse of me because I was defective, because I was not strong enough to prevent it. And even more dangerous because it provided a false sense of the ability to regain control, retain control of my life around a man who could never be trusted, not to manipulate me to meet his own ends or destroy me on a whim. The more access he and his mother, who also played a major role in shaping my perceptions, also had to my mind, when I read this as I type, I can see clearly how I went from knowing without doubt that the abuse had not been my fault, was nothing I caused, and was nothing I could have prevented. I was going to the opposite extreme in thinking again, that somehow something inside me was to blame. Sure enough, the nicer he got, the more I minimized the experience of the prior abuse in my mind. Eventually getting to the point where I wondered how I could have ever thought he was capable of such wretched things and I must just not have been very strong when it was happening. So I must have overemphasized the severity of it in my mind. He shape-shifted my personality until it was like, like night and day. He was the perfect man for me. This man, who I could never depend on, who had consistently tricked me into trusting him only to pull the rug out from under me, who had not only destroyed me through abuse, but in reality barely got by living paycheck to paycheck due to all sorts of addictions and irresponsibility. Self-centeredness was the perfect man. The Cognitive disassociations, like that of the first time I took him back, had set in, and I did not recognize the pattern yet again. Fourteen years later, he would tell me that he had spent the whole time in counseling talking with a therapist about what a self-centered narcissist I was and how he had been advised to go find someone who would love him for who he was, that I was abusive and could not love. Oh, my God, that was a real eye-opener. Therapy for him was nothing but a means to get me back manipulate the therapist into stroking his ego and a means to learn a few more manipulative tactics to use on me. But I had not realized it at the time. He also knew my financial status, which was very, very good, as I had been paying for most of our times together, as he was always broke due to his irresponsibility, drunkenness, and compulsive spending. Unfortunately for me, it was my money, not me he was after. I quit my job at the end of that first year and a half out of the relationship as it had become too demanding and I needed to slow down. The psychopath had completed his year of therapy and I agreed to resume the relationship. Another kind, another kind of hell. While my abuser was still in therapy, I had hoped the therapy was going to help him either deal with letting go of me or tackle his control and abuse issues. I felt extremely uncomfortable, like maybe I wasn't being clear enough about my intentions. I was a little afraid of his persistence, and I struggled to assert my wishes without being nasty. I dated him more and more toward the end of that t- time period, 
My income was almost three times his. I was always footing the bill for most of our endeavors. I noticed over the time the relationship had been severed and we had lived apart that he did not seem to respect my boundaries. See us as separate. I often wonder if it wasn't complete if I wasn't completely firm enough or if he simply did not acknowledge a word I said. But I said no a lot and no only seemed to mean keep pressuring me until I wore down. I started to resist his demands resent his demands and his expectations that I would commit to rebuilding a relationship with him when I told him for over a year that I liked being single and did not want to be in a relationship with anyone. I understand now that once he had made the decision that he wanted back, he was viewing the situation as though the relationship had never broken up, was merely a separation So what seemed like odd demands to me over the past year was clearer to me. And with that, I will close for today. And um, I will look forward to reading part four, which will end the episode of this series next week. So be safe out there until next week. Goodbye for now. (music) 